0: So, yeah, we are at episode 164. It's a big number. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, Do you know, I'm trying to think, how long have we been recording together?
1: A year Um, and a half, not nearly two years now. Jeez, it really is. Yeah, because you joined during my second anniversary of the show, and we're we're now on our third anniversary, and this should be our fourth, because we started in 2019. My so the word. show's been going for 4 years now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I got it. I just found it here in, in the spreadsheet of course in the spreadsheet. Uh episode 94, 1st of September. This would be 2021, 20, would yeah. it? yeah. Wow. We so we should we should explain hello everyone and welcome. Uh this is episode 164. Um and it's the last episode of the year. We we should probably explain why it's the last
1: episode of the year in July. Uh, do, you want, do you want do you want to talk through the uh, the British school year? So yeah, so one thing we I kind of learned doing the show solo is summer is a pain in the backside to record because from July the nineteenth tomorrow because today's eighteenth to September the fifth schools are off for six weeks so that's six weeks with a seven-year-old and a four-year-old keeping them entertained from nine till nine so it's a safe bet that we just hibernate for summer (laughs) be with a family (laughs) like the opposite of bears we'll hibernate for survive and then in september we'll come back you know we'll have a casual warm-up as our first episode back then we'll have a big bang episode which we don't know what that's Mm going to be yet so that would be spoilers and then obviously we'll be greeted with Mirage, so
0: Wild. it's going to be all go, isn't it? When we come back, because um, yeah, if we if we record sort of first week of September, we'll have about six weeks, seven weeks to the release of Mirage. So we might do three episodes before the release. Um, I have to say, right? Obviously, actually, well. We have quite a packed, we hadn't really planned anything for this episode, but actually we have quite a lot of things we want to talk about and go through. So um, we were planning an episode, we were, we are working with Ubisoft, but we can't say too much yet because it's not confirmed, but I think it'll be a really interesting episode, but we'll probably do it when we come back um, in September. So we couldn't quite get the schedule working, so we'll delay that by a bit. So we've got quite a lot to talk about, good stuff I think, um, but i tell you what, let's talk about mirage so um do you remember i said i was waiting to see if i'd pre-order or not see what the game looks like waiting to see more about you know gameplay and more on the story and all the rest of it um i've pre-ordered yes i i caved you know no, in all seriousness right when we, when we saw the um the stuff at um UB forward we saw some of the more detailed videos like dev uh, was it Dev Diary or Dev Deep Dive I can't remember um, but I I liked what I saw um, you know assassinations sneaking into places a tool wheel of a variety of you know ranged uh, precision and ranged area weapons you know smoke bombs and all the rest of it I loved seeing the sort of the, the trap poison mines and all that stuff you know there's still a lot we don't know about the story we've seen a few more of the side characters but you know what I like every pretty much everything I've seen. Um the only thing is that we will come on to this topic more later. I I is a bit of a shame that the movement isn't a bit more exciting, but pretty much everything else I'm happy with. So yeah, I pre-order. Is it 40 pounds in in the UK, 45 pounds. They're not asking top dollar, you know. Most games now are, are moving into 60 or 70 dollars, pounds, euros. Um, so I'm happy, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, maybe we do a um, maybe we do a live stream or two on the on the release day. Let's see how it goes.
1: I may have caved and got the deluxe edition for the Prince of Persia ah, stuff. Okay, nice. And then now there's photo mode. There's just going to be an <laughs> <laughs> oh my influx god influx of topless basting photos. Oh my god,
0: Bassin breaks the internet.
1: I really don't think the internet is ready for the influx of mirage. I I think they know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. You know, I am I'm, I'm probably one of the strangest fans out there who doesn't matter what Assassin's Creed's name's on it, I will give it a try because mm. Assassin's Creed mm. to me is more than just what's on the gameplay, it's what the story contains and if they show me a game with fantastic gameplay but describe it as like A two-minute story I wouldn't buy it then because I'm not in it for the gameplay I'm in it for the story but if a story hooks me and the gameplay is bad I'll still buy it yeah yeah um
0: you know some some games have kind of completely reinvented the gameplay others have been almost the same as the you know the game that preceded them and you know despite quite a wide variety of different systems and styles the stories have always been engaging so i'm with you there mate i'm i'm looking forward to it very much very much um, i don't know whether that will be like in my head i'm building it up and i'll be crushingly disappointed come october or whether it will just be a bit more of a sm- it's going to be quite a small game isn't it sure yeah. maybe it's just going to be a bit more low-key and it's just going to be you play it in a week or so and you're done and you move on but you're satisfied i'm looking for that really looking for that satisfaction of the um, the story i must say or it could you know it's interesting because like with valhalla so I, going back to what we were saying at the start of the episode um i joined you what halfway through valhalla's post-release i guess it would have been wouldn't it because uh, siege of paris had come out um just a few weeks before and we had another year of post-release stuff, and we did many episodes together on the different game modes, DLCs. Um, we did a whole sort of mythology stuff on on the Dawn of Ragnarok story, uh, and then with Andy uh, from Andy Reloads, we did a kind of end of the saga summary where we looked back across all of the Valhalla story and Valhalla post-release. You know, we we kind of ended up with two years of stuff <laughs> on that one game, and. I don't think mirage will give us that and that's not a problem not at all we've, we've got plenty to talk about uh we've got loads of show ideas and it's funny we, we have a a spreadsheet of probably 20 different episode ideas and as fast as we record them new ones arrive and then there's a new book or there's you know a new game coming out so the list is always moving around and we'll always find things to talk about but i i wonder if mirage you know will be done in a couple of episodes it'll be interesting to see won't it just from kind of a podcast meta point of view how much content how much is there to talk about will there be in-depth character analyses will we be doing gameplay deep dives you know i would i would quite like to chat with hayate again see if he does a a no damage run of mirage and get like an update from him you know um how uh, how difficult was this game to no damage compared to some of the others so that might be fun to do in the future as well
1: i think mean, one episode i have mentally prepared for Mirage that I don't know if it will come to fruition because it's just a pipeline dream for me is I'm going to try and 100% the game because it's a lot shorter, it's, you know, unit revelation style. So I was thinking if I can 100% it, I will document the time it took me from playing because I play about two, three hours a night and Mm. then compare that to Origins where it took me six months. (laughs) <laughs> to, I, I can't remember how the full length to 100% so it will be a good discussion for like um, trophy hunters it's one of the most popular crazes on consoles so good point. <laughs> yeah, are yeah. smaller titles more fun to hunt trophies with or are they more tedious because a smaller map with more collectibles means more nook and crannies to look through where yeah. not to be rude with Valhalla they're all spread out so when you're looking for the spreadsheets yes uh, not the spreadsheet, the song sheets. <laughs> yeah, the parkour system for them not fluid, but they're not, like, hidden, like, out the corner or all those, like, wanted posters from AC2 where they're, like, on a rooftop out the way. So, open yeah. world has more room to put them so you can see, whereas smaller games will hide them in cracks where you're not supposed to look. So, it could be an interesting discussion. Do you know, the side content will be
0: interesting because... I haven't. I haven't actually watched the most recent video that Ubisoft have published about the game. But what will this, is it going to be? Mini is it going to be like world events in Valhalla, two to three minutes, almost like each one is like a unique puzzle, isn't it to solve? Or will it be side quests of the more traditional type, or a mixture of two, or none, and just some assassination contracts? And then the rest of the world will it be filled with chests? Like you say, uh, you know, they might have a whole set of Arabic poetry that you collect or um, mathematical sort of, you know, uh, scrolls or something from the library. Who knows? But it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the team has learned from Valhalla and Odyssey and Origins in the earlier games. And they, they've they said, haven't they, consistently um, back to the roots. Now, I do wonder if they regret that phrase a little bit it did set expectations at a certain level for some people um, but how far will they go with that phrase like will back to the roots just mean you know chests and other stuff to collect or will it be a mixture of some of the the side content from the earlier games plus some of the content from the newer games you know structured multi-step mini stories in side quests or, or whatever um, it'll be interesting to see, but my plan and we'll see how it changes when when I start the game, but my plan, learning from my Valhalla experience, when I probably burnt myself out, my plan is just to do the main story. Bang, 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 get to the end of the story, get the sort of major, you know, character points, plot points, what's happening to Roshan and Nihal and, and all of the other characters, and then go back and start again and do it more slowly and thoroughly and, and all the rest of it but hey we'll see how it might be amazing we might all get so absorbed in this city that they've created that it just becomes a joy to explore for the sake of it you know kind of turn the HUD off and really immerse yourself in the city who knows
1: I'm quite excited to see what it is I think um mm. I'm just gonna play it randomly and just do half play all the games and abandon the story halfway through because i want to go have a look at the world. <laughs> that's yeah. how I play in yeah. UC I just run off and like I'm gonna go over here for a bit back in a minute come back after killing 50 dudes like right I'm ready to continue now Half. <laughs> it'll be fascinating like how this isn't right this is
0: a good point it looked from what we've seen of some of the menu screenshots that it's not gonna have the same well maybe it will maybe I've misunderstood it but it's not gonna have the same XP and leveling and all the rest of it you're gonna unlock some tools but is that it um, um, will you need to go and do side content to level up like you've had to do for the last three games or actually less Valhalla was a weird mixed case but certainly Origins and Odyssey you needed to be at certain levels at certain points of the main story or are they scrapping all of that and you can
1: just do main story only and finish it and move on apparently from some of the information and to me this does cause a little bit of a level gate and red flag for me Apparently the XP level up is story-gated So you earn XP levels as you experience the story So you get yeah. skill points as you do the story And the only problem I have with that is Does that mean that if you do like 6 missions, so let's say you're level 6 And you then go out to do side content and you bump into a level 8 area Does that mean you have to then go back and do the story? Limiting exploration because you have to now continue the story so, you can't farm XP, you have to play the story <laughs> to explore. And that's just as bad as having to farm XP, in my opinion, because some players like to... Like Unity, for example. Unity is great, because after you get into the uh, city, you're off. If you want to ignore the main story, you can probably do all of Unity's map before you've even touched the story. Because a lot of that's down to the gear you're wearing. So it's possible. Yeah. I did. How much... Is, I? managed to scour the entire map and unlock it before I did the story so there's, there's got to be a mix but hey we can't speculate until we actually see it in our hands that's the hard part we haven't indeed indeed
0: and I suppose like ex- exactly what we do for the show we're not really sure yeah. yet like I say I would love to do like a launch day live stream but we'll see how that goes because it depends on family and what else is going yeah. on in in our lives, we'll certainly do at least one, if not a couple of podcast episodes, <laughs> maybe more. I don't know, but it's really hard. Like we we try to stick to a two week um, schedule. We might end up doing like a quick first impressions episode, you know, within a, a few days after release. So uh, we, we're really not sure, but you know, we'll play it by ear and we'll keep people updated on um, on the Discord, um, on the YouTube community tab, um, and of course on Twitter and whatever. But uh, yeah yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it but i'm going to abruptly change topic um and i'm going to pour myself a little celebratory drink um, i've got uh, glass and ice and Here's uh, right a here glottee. i've got have got a bottle here which i'm just going to take the cork off and uh, let's let's pour a bit of that in there just pour myself a nice gin and tonic, mate, because we've got something, well, not me, I haven't got anything to celebrate, but I'm going to celebrate it with you. Let's uh, let's just open the tonic, shall we? Ready? This is this is going to be some amazing sound effects.
1: Oh, there we go. We've <laughs> just had an increase in ASMR, listen. <laughs> uh,
0: let's just pour the uh, little can of uh, nice tonic water into there. And listen, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to toast you, sir. I'm going to sip my gin and tonic while you tell everyone your amazing news. I don't have any amazing news. I've
1: been doing nothing. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) It's quite embarrassing. But yes, after 15 years of planning it and just giving up, I've actually published my first ever short story. It's 34 pages, 10,000 words. But being published on the internet, for a price, not on um, fanfic sites like ao 3 it's an actual book that you can now get on Amazon it's weird alright, it's blooming strange to see that I type in my name on Amazon and I have a book there. <laughs> so it's amazing mate, well done bloody well done, and to be honest it's going to sound weird but I actually have the AC community to blame for me wanting to Get back into writing and <laughs> blame is a very strong oh, word. Oh yeah, I'm blaming you and Maria Cloud for this because <laughs> prior to the first episode of the AC fanfic, I hadn't thought about writing again. You know, I gave up years ago. And then you guys talked about fanfic and I of got curious so I wrote the Freddy fanfic story mm. and then after that I was like, I saw Rue's Codex month, uh, Codex October. I was like, oh, I could do writing for that. Then I did some more writing. Then Six Keys and Louise popped up a few weeks ago. But like, how have you heard of uh, yes. Nana Write More, which uh, James has Tech Wizardry. You can put a link in the YouTube if any budding writers want to check it out. I will happily add a link to the description. It's, um, we should say it's short
0: for something. It's National... Oh, I don't know. Help me out here. <laughs> National Novel... Oh. It's a funny acronym. National Novel Writing Month. That's the one. And it's sort of a community-led, sort of just, you know, inspire each other to to write a chapter or finish a book or, or whatever you're writing. So
1: and you got inspired, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and it was Louise who pointed out first, you know, Six Keys and you mentioned the site and I looked at it and I saw uh, to do it in November and it's a 50K book, you have to write in November. And I was like, no chance in heck I'm doing that. Although I can mm. take a project with me. So as a little tease here, I would like to announce that I do actually have a 50k novel in the works already Hell's titled Confession of an Immortal it is already 5k words in and that's only two chapters
0: excuse me I'm just going to have a <laughs> sip of uh, my drink you, you carry on.
1: so the Confession of an I probably won't have that published till next, next year because okay. um, some of the challenges I found doing this 10k one you know when Louise said, oh yeah, for July, they want to do 10k in a month, cracked on with it. It wasn't really, the writing wasn't hard, it's just as dyslexic. I had to put plug it through Grammarly and whoever suggested Grammarly, I'm going to complain at you now because Grammarly is the worst software on the internet because it keeps correcting words to American, even though I've said it to English. And I found out that once I ran it through Grammarly and Grammarly gave me this green score saying it's perfect, it's edited. I Mm -hmm. reached out to Chris from Scholars of the Creed and said, hey, if you've got a writer that would be interested in reading my book and give me honest feedback, they ran through it and they flagged a lot of things up. And when I looked at it, I was like, hmm, odd. Grammarly never flagged this up. And the stuff they flagged out were very important. There was commas missing... Certain phrases need reworded. There was let um letters missing. Um, but there was um a sentence in the book where an alcove of boulders was formed. Grammarly corrected boulders to building. So <laughs> right, it was right. It's kind of hard. So if I do a fifty k book, which mm. I will have to run it through Grammarly, but then I'll have to try and beg people for free to read through this novel, on. A Google Docs to highlight every problem they can find in case Grammarly has screwed me up. Gotcha. And then you put it on Amazon and it takes three days for Amazon to review it and then so I put it on on Sunday they finished reviewing this morning so it's been publishing since this morning What's the name of the book? Uh, the book is Kiss of the Moon um, so yeah that got published that went live like an hour ago <laughs> so it's wild and it cost money <laughs> that was that was a hard part <laughs> what you have to oh you have to pay no, to publish um, it. You, well no this is the interesting thing with Amazon you don't pay any fees you publish it mm. you pay royalty fees off the book so as a system is like um, I chose 30 royal fees so as it's a short story 30% royalty fees cover between 99p and 2 grand books. Whoever's selling a book for 2 grand is crazy, but I picked 150, which is what they recommend, pound fifty for a short story of 10,000 words. So I get 30% royalties off that. But if I want a higher royalty of 70%, I have to do a 50k book and sell it between 2.99 and 2 grand. So... Right. If I do a 50k one, I'm going to have to... Um, sell it for like a fiver or something just because if I want to then print it so it's paper and in mm. our hands Amazon mm. will charge me per book off my royalty fees so I don't pay anything cash in hand but it'll come off what's selling so it's one of the things I'll have to do Confessions Immortal as an ebook for a year and if there's enough interest and popularity then publish it as a paperback and then do a marketing through paperback, and then Amazon takes the money off the distribution. So, I don't pay money out my pocket. I just pay a lot of royalty fees, which I don't mind. Yeah, I suppose that's
0: the that's the downside of self publishing. You don't get to keep as much of the profits yourself. But it, hey, you are pub. You have an ISBN.
1: Yeah, yours is a book that will be. You know, it's there, preserved forever. It's awesome. I think it saves me a lot because. Um, Adam, thank you so much for helping um. He saved me about forty grand because editors cost about twenty grand to edit a book or some even charge like a five pound per page they read so if you've got like a hundred like a wow. six hundred page book and they have to go through it, that's three thousand or pounds, and it's like,, mm. I don't have three grand. Mm. If I had free grand, I wouldn't start writing a novel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. self-publishing means I don't have to go through the process of finding a publisher like Bloomberg, Penguin House. If I do it through Amazon, it's off my own back. I've got to, I've got to scour yeah. the sources. So writing the 50k words and the te- well, the, I'll focus on um, Kiss of the Moon. Writing the 10k words was blooming easy. That was easy enough. Cracked out. Done. But it's then having someone to read through it who's willing enough to give their time and give their honest feedback. And then you've got to wait for Amazon to review it and once it's out there, you just fingers crossed that you've got enough promotion that people are gonna be interested in it. And if no one's interested, then you've not really lost much, cause it's still there. If someone's interested, then you get a bit out of it. And hopefully my bigger book, my 50K novel will be more successful. <laughs> Because that one's been 10 years in the making so a 10-year book that's finally been made into paper is gonna be a big achievement
0: yeah, it's awesome mate i'm so impressed when you sent the link over you sent the picture over um you sent over a screen grab of the listing on amazon and just fantastic well done mate well done uh, but you've not just been writing <laughs> you've been busy doing youtube stuff i know and um if, if anyone looks at our youtube channel we, we put all of our podcast episodes up there just as the audio um but we do we've got a few live streams on there um uh and <laughs> you, you, you published a uh skyrim in 2023 video a few weeks ago last week week before it has become our most watched video on the channel um, so I think we're going to shut the podcast down and just become like a Skyrim YouTube uh, channel, yeah. Hey, Skyrim, <laughs> exactly. Tell us the story. So tell us about Skyrim. Tell us what made you made this video and
1: what what was your sort of talking points. I'm going to blame Marcus, who is a community dev, um, not community dev, community engagement officer from Ubisoft, who as for Star because he said to me, "Hi, did you know you can put videos from your Xbox into OneDrive?" is Declan, for years, like, oh, I need 80 quid, I need 100 quid, I need to buy capture cards. No, there's a drive option. So when Marcus said, put it on drive, light bulb. I love Skyrim. I'm obsessed with that blooping game. To the point I I will be buying, when I get enough money, the anniversary upgrade, so I can buy all the DLC mods just to play the game again for the okay. 20th time. So... <laughs> When Marcus said that, I was like, you know, it'll be a laugh. I will record some screenshots, some random B-roll, put it into the OneDrive, sit down with DaVinci and just mm. talk. And it's going to sound dodgy, but talk absolute nonsense about why I love this game. Yep. Like, I tried to script it, but I didn't like the script because I just wanted to talk nonsense about why the game is just a lot of fun. Mm. Even if I did just sarcastically make a reference to Lord of the Rings at the very start. <laughs> and one of the most popular memes of Skyrim is that really long intro, where it's just like fits the, um, into black. Where he's on the back of the car, yeah. is that right?
0: He says, hey, hey you. It, so I can't remember, you, you know the rest of it.
1: It's probably the most memed intro. Everyone like does stuff like, hey, let's meme it better. Let's have Layla entering an animus and her memory <laughs> load is Skyrim. Ah, so it was. That's why you needed that. Yes. So it was just a meme. Because if you type in the Skyrim intro meme on the internet, you'll see people are doing like when well, people fall over, and then it's like, "Hey, you, you've waked up." So it's a legit meme, and I thought I'll take it one step further and put later <laughs> into Animus, and it took me a lot of while to do that, but I had it. So if, um, this clip you gave me, This Animus, had a black bit uh, for the loading screens, as it's uh, about two milliseconds. I took mm-hmm. that and put it right at the end of my clip. So it looked like it fades to black as she's leaving the animus. Nice. So it was like a little joke that she's gone in. This is the memory of her playing Skyrim. <laughs> and then she's <laughs> left. But I've been on some crazy whirlwind ride lately. I don't know what's got into hey, what else
0: what, what else have you been um, doing um, in terms of videos and stuff? I did an Anno 800 review. Right, tell me about Anno, because it looks like SimCity, but sort of in the olden days. But better. Okay, so... Now, you're talking to someone that played SimCity 2000 from the original floppy disks (laughs) in about 1994 or something. So, SimCity 2000 has a very special place in my heart, my friend. So, you tread lightly.
1: Well, the thing is, I did a written review of Anno, and I was very displeased with it because written reviews don't get much traction over YouTube so I really wanted a way to sit down and do YouTube but as again I didn't want to buy capture cards. I don't have time for capture cards or OBS settings so Mm. when again learning how to do it through the Unity video and the Skyrim I did that and I just did a general review but I mean I know better than Sims if you're looking for more of a Realistic history-based, you know, Sims has some wild things like fires, aliens invasions, but it's a proper down-to-the-earth historical-based like city builder. You know, you could there's a lot of um syndicate vibes because it's 1800s, which is around about like, syndicates. So it's industrial age, gotcha. so you can zoom into the buildings as I did a lot, and you know, instead of Ubisoft just going, hey, this is the mechanics, they've done some really good detail on the world. You know, you can look into the lighthouse and there's, like, some sea rust at the base of a lighthouse, which incredible because it's realistic. Um, mm. You can see people walking in and out of the market square, which is the main point. You can see people walking out the, ha- the houses. Right. And, you know, it's blooming hard to play because I'm, like, not very good at city builders, but it's a ton of fun to watch the city upgrade and become a bit more industrialised and see people walking around doing the business and then i break the city because i've decided i've not got enough wood
0: <laughs> it's a funny game is it because they've been making this is ubisoft series they've been making anno for many years there's many releases isn't there but it kind of flies under the radar yeah um it maybe city builders are just not that bigger market in the gaming market but are there any others? What's the competition for Anno? Sim, they, they don't make SimCity anymore, as far as I know. So,
1: I... the competition is City Skylines. Okay. But the problem, uh, I would say civil, I wouldn't say Civilization. No, I think for city management, I can only think of City Skylines. But I think the problem Anno had is nothing to do with game competition. It's actually mm. consoles, because city builders on PC are ten times better than consoles because. Of right. the less mouse has a lot less movement restrictions over the dead-end yeah. zones and you, consoles.
0: You can build more com- all the complex yeah. menus and sub-menus, I guess, you
1: need. Yeah, gotcha. Whereas, which is why when they said, hey, I know I was coming to console, after it was launched in 2019 on PC only, it was like, that's going to be impossible to put on P- con- mm. console because there's radio menus, there's different menus, there's different inventory systems... And they bloomin' did it. Like, there is no issues with the game controller-wise. It's okay. like a mad scientist moment where they've bloomin' done it. <laughs> the controller feels <laughs> fast, alive. I've never had... I think some of the issues I had with controllers was more learning mechanics. So, uh, City gardens is good, but it's very realistic heavily, so everything's got to have electricity lines, power together, it's got to have roads and... Gotcha. Where, the only realism you need for, for Anno is roads. Everything has to have connected by roads. You've got to trade and you've got to have a fire service at one point, which was weird. Okay. But you don't need like skylines, sub-skylines, tram systems and all that. It's just more chill.
0: Man, I used to love SimCity 2000. I have hundreds of hours in that game, building the cities to the limit you know laying out all the roads all this you have to lay out all the pipe water pipes and all the like you say pylons everyone's got to have education and fire oh man (laughs) that was a long time ago i'm just just while you were talking i went and had a quick look at anno on wikipedia so the first game anno 1602 was released in 1998 and since then they've released well including that one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Games in the series. So, yeah, Anno 1800 was released in 2019, um, developed by Ubisoft Blue Byte. That is a studio I hadn't heard of before, to be honest, um, based in Germany. Um, and as you say, mate, first game in the series to release on consoles. So, very interesting. So, who would you recommend it to? Anyone who likes City Builders, or does it have enough of a realism that it might be of interest to people who will? I'm more interested in the history or is it a little bit of a, a fantasy mix in there as well?
1: I would probably recommend it to anybody who just wants a chill game because there's a story mode, which the story's okay. quite interesting. There's a sandbox world so you can just do whatever you want. But because a lot of the realism is more, you know, resource, trading, diplomacy and roads, a hell of a lot of roads, you mm. could basically get lost in that world for an hour just having fun, just building destroying his city doesn't cost anything so you can destroy his destroy city can make it as easy or as hard as he wants um, as I suggested in the video, if they're going to do a sequel add Google Street View system to it because I just wanted to go on road level and just watch people running and out of the houses <laughs> I was like come on, I want to watch this mm. I want to watch this person <laughs> do his work I felt like a stalker god just <laughs> watching him lug the car around. Tell us uh, what else have you been playing recently? Um, um, only two games recently. Um, Senu Saga, Hellblade, the first one. And I can't. I'm struggling to get through that. If I'm honest, mentally more like Could, s- yeah. It's yeah. It's a good game, and you know I, I like to take breathers from it because the world design. There's no, I don't. There's any like loot you have to go through it's nope. it's very much it's like an interactive novel like stranger life is strange means you
0: know that's quite it's very linear there's there's some pretty simple environmental puzzles isn't there um there are combat encounters but it's much more about senua and her own struggle isn't it it's a very interesting
1: game beautifully done i i i have mental health problems so it is playing a little bit on them at times Mm. especially the Mm. first boss and you know a lot of encounters and you know you're not going to do it you're going to die and then you kind of like you don't feel joyful at beating the boss because it feels like a mental struggle for senwa to beat the boss and i think that hit home because i'm used to playing dark souls where bosses are challenging and you get that rush of hat i've done it or you play RPGs where you're just a god and it's fun just to melt bosses. But this time it was like, <laughs> I've done it, but the journey to get here was blooming difficult. I've had people telling me I'm not good enough, being dragged down, some people were encouraging me. It just felt heavy in a good way. That I felt emotional at the end. And I would play... I need to finish it because it is a good game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I mean, don't don't push yourself. Hey, yeah. There's no no pressure from anyone to finish a game if you're not enjoying a game don't play it or if it's, if it's you know sparking certain feelings and emotions you don't want don't play it but if you do it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on the conclusion I have played it and I enjoyed it if I'm honest or enjoyed it is the wrong word it was certainly a really unique experience up until the end and I didn't understand the ending but Maybe we come back to that in
1: the future. Yeah. I'm, I think. Because I'm juggling that. And Vampire. Um, ah, tell us more. So juggling them too. So. Um, Vampire is just. Oh my god. That's all I can say is oh my god, this game. Like, Don't Nod are bringing another supernatural RPG type game out called Banishers. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving Vampire so much that I want to play Banishers. Because how do i explain it about spoiling anything that's the hard part
0: (laughs) okay uh tell i'm assuming it's got something to do with vampires
1: yeah so basically think of everything you know about vampires uh they dress well they have pointy teeth they like blood that's basically all you're gonna get in here but with more caveat there is a lot more life is strange dressing i'm on it there's Okay, so uh, this vampiric
0: attack will have consequences, guys. Yeah,
1: but some of the consequences, like, I've really figured out now that I'm playing the game the wrong way. Because I'm trying to be a certain playstyle. And it's going to be the hardest one because, and I'm being very vague, but you'll hear me out. Don't Nod have a certain playthrough they want you to do to get more XP, more level, get stronger. But mm. what Don't Nod are telling you is if you choose that style, it could actually ruin the world so they're giving you the easy option to get good and be epic vampire but in the same breath it's going to have negative impact and that is a very unique Uh. design because you'd expect a game to go here's an easy way it's going to give you a good ending because you've done this where it seems the good ending is to do the hard playthrough and that's a very unique spin on a formula and a lot of the dialogue choices are very life is strange style you know if you love life is strange and you love linear smaller rpgs you there's nothing you're going to hate about this game right. personally
0: I'm, i've i bought it in the sale um the steam summer sale so you know me i love life is strange oh, yeah. the, i've played the first one i've played it's a very very short um, spin-off game The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit very good I have just finished episode 2 of Life is Strange 2 now that's been a bit of a slow burner I would say um, but in episode 2 it's really picked up you know the characters are growing things are things are connecting um, I still don't I've got no idea how it's going to end but I'm, I'm I'm getting into it now and I'm, I'm not playing it quite as obsessively as I played the first one but yeah I'm, I'm enjoying Life is Strange 2 um I've got to say, don't nod. I'm I'm gradually collecting all of their games. Remember me was their first game. I don't know if we've spoken about this on the show, but I know I've spoken about it with others on Discord and so on. Remember me dates from 2013. I think that's a really interesting game. I've got some fascinating concepts. Um, Funnily enough, it's all dealing with memories and editing of memories, and you know how would you do things differently? That's obviously their thing, you know. and tell me why another really interesting you know choice based um i suppose you'd call it more like an interactive novel um style of game like life is strange so i like their stuff i am looking forward to vampire that's for sure Um, might be a little while before i get to it but i'll let you know
1: well i've just pulled up the um the website for banishers from don't nod which is the next one and I think i have that on my wish list i'm just going to check carry on um, sorry their blurb from their official website so no spoilers is um new eden 1695 and tia Durette and red mcrafe are lovers and banishers already lovers you know there's going to be some emotional heartstrings pulled right here mm-hmm. um who vowed to protect the living from the threat of lingering ghosts and specters. already interesting concept Following a disastrous last mission, Antia is fatally wounded, becoming one of the spirits she loves. Okay, that's interesting. In the haunted wilds of North America, the couple desperately searches for a way to liberate Antia from her new plight. Just that concept just screams amazing. So, two lovers are already going to be heartbreaking about being pulled apart, but Mm -hmm. also dealing with the fact that they don't like spirits, so she's going to become thing, the thing she hates. That's already going to be a heartbreaking concept. And judging by how good Vampyr is for combat, world building, how great um, Life is Strange is for basically story beats,
0: Yeah, there is yeah.
1: nothing about this game that I think is going to be bad. I think it's, what was the name of, what's the name of their upcoming game? Uh, banishes Ghosts of New Eden. Right. I thought I had
0: that in my um, wish list, but I don't. Oh, it comes out 7th of November yeah. this year. I will stick that in my wish list. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but over the last year I seem to have really, uh, really like Don't Nod stuff. So I'm I'm following them more closely. Same.
1: Um, um, Banishes is on yeah. my wish list for when it goes on sale. I'll probably pick that up as well, mm. because mm. some of the concept art I've seen from their official website just looks. I mean I'm just in love. <laughs> With don't nod. <know> like <laughs> I just love those stories where it's a bit more story heavy and a bit more immersive than it's than the usual type that you can get. So mm. we'll have to see. They did a detective one called Twin Mirrors as well, which is about detective. Interesting. Uh, I think that one was, uh, yeah, uh, Sam Higgins left his hometown and everyone never knows behind two years ago for the death of his best friend. Uh, he has to confront the troubles, town's troubled past and his own. And yes, yeah, some of the uh, uh, pictures of it look absolutely amazing. Mm. That's. Mm. I think one me and you maybe one day build up a don't note collection. <laughs> I think we
0: are. Like, yeah, we d- we did do a life is strange um, sort of off topic episode a few months back and uh, that was a great conversation. Um, I I'm looking forward. I think like I say, life is strange two has been a bit of a. It's taken a little while to get into it, um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm also looking forward to playing True Colors. Oh, True Colors is um, so good yeah you you have said that to me for about eighteen months, and its funny it's that cover art of, of true colors it's alex Chen, the lead character. she's got this big um multicolored background it looks like the holy ceremony uh festival in um India so she's got this big burst of different colors behind her, a hand laid out and it's such a fantastic pose and such a fantastic cover art and I've had it in my mind for like eighteen months. Um, But I wanted to play the games in order. So I started with Life is Strange 1, which I think is fantastic. Um, Yeah, I'm gradually working through them. Um, So yeah, I shall let you know. I I hope to finish uh, Life is Strange 2 in the next couple of weeks. Um, I have got a few other games on the go as well, but then I'll definitely go straight into um, True Colours because I'm looking forward to that one, that's for sure. True Colours is good.
1: It's my favourite Mm. by far.
0: Mm. Understood.
1: Um... What else are you playing? Anything else exciting going on? No, that's <laughs> all. That's <laughs> l- all I've been able to afford this this month. And I think Fair I've entered a chance to get a Steam key for Starfields, so I can try and like review that. But ah, okay. God knows if that'll go anywhere. So I think this year I'll probably just stick to um, Vampire Senma and Mirage as the only games I'll be buying. Understood. Yeah, unless anything comes out for free,
0: <laughs> I um I made a few purchases in the Steam sale. Um, I <laughs> I chuck a lot of stuff in my wish list and then I just kind of leave it there. Um, so I bought Vampire like you. That was seven pounds, which I think is a bargain. Um, I got Dishonored two for a fiver. Oof, that's a good game. Sorry. Yep, I, I've only played the opening chapter, and I've since I've i'm jumping around a lot i'm like i'm like a guy at like those hotel breakfast buffets where we got a bit of everything <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm jumping around a lot at the moment but um yeah dishonored too i finished dishonored um a couple of weeks ago and yeah just fantastic i did the low chaos run very very safe very sensible i rescued emily all is well um, but yeah I, I love the vibe of Dishonored and I'm really enjoying that intro to Dishonored 2 is is great so I'm looking forward to going to it, getting into that but uh, yeah I'm probably going to finish um, Life is Strange uh, 2 first but then <laughs> yesterday or the day before when I was just looking in the sale to see what was left um, I saw Bioshock which I've never played any of them let me tell you <laughs> Yeah. So I got Bioshock remastered for three pound fifty. I got Bioshock Two remastered for two pounds, and Bioshock Infinite for a fiver. So for ten pound, I got all three games. Now I started Infinite yesterday, just because it's the newest game, and I thought I'm just going to play. It. I know that they they are connected, and I might miss certain story beats, but I thought ah, I'm just going to try. By I've never, I've no idea what I'm going into. It was a complete impulse purchase. And I am hooked, absolutely hooked. This game is insane. Oh, yeah. The visuals, the art design, just the creativity of <laughs> this floating city that they've created. Um, plus, the story is pretty damn disturbing. So, but yeah, I am hooked. I am fascinated by uh, by this series, um, and uh,
1: uh, Bioshock Infinite. So yeah, yeah. Infinite, in my opinion, is the best one. I've played all three and okay. the good games don't get me wrong but I think Infinite was just a lot well but I think I'm really excited to hear your opinion when you finished it what it's like because mm. on I don't know how to explain it because you're on PC and I'm on console but on Control it was hard to play because you've got your left hand which is like the magic abilities and you've got your right yes. hand yes in games where you've got a left and a right hand system it's kind of sometimes jarring because you've got left and right trigger which is usually your left hand and then right trigger and right bumper is your right hand. And sometimes you think oh, I've got to go and I'll press left trigger, which is usually the universal for zoom in. No, you're yeah. now cracking off some weird ability and it's like damn it. So <laughs> I'm quite interested how it played on PC without um, with more freedom than consoles which are a bit like restricted a you know, little controller. I am um, I'm not finding it difficult. It,
0: it reminds me a lot of dishonored. To be honest, um, because you've got regular you know weapons if you want to use them, um, or um, what am I talking about? No, it re- it gives me similar vibes, but it's that it's that blend of like real world grounded stuff and magical stuff. Um, that's the bit that um, you know. It re- that's why I say it sort of calls back to Dishonored. Plus, it's got this really stylized um, world, really stylized. Um, art style but I know they're very different games um, but yeah in terms of just playing it it feels very natural um, left click for your your gun and right click for your your magic ability um, I don't use the magic abilities enough I just I haven't got into them I just tend to you know go to the sniper rifle put the scope on and I quite like you know headshotting people but I do the magic abilities are all bonkers um, and it's quite disturbing at times but in it's, it's a strange thing it's definitely disturbing but almost in a lighthearted way and maybe because it's almost almost whimsical that maybe that's the word because it's almost whimsical it's actually more disturbing because you're you know you're going through some tough stuff against this background of this sort of uh, what do they call it american exceptionalism um which is presented in this really bright you know light whimsical way so yeah very very interesting game um i'm quite enjoying jumping around a lot at the moment between games i must say um Oh, I finished Witcher 3. Oh, yes,
1: I heard.
0: Uh, so, th- third time of starting it, and I actually saw it through this time. Um, and, yeah, I suppose about... I start. I picked it... I, I, it was after we finished the uh, fundraiser. And um, I thought, do you know what? Clean slate. I wasn't really playing any games. I've got nothing in particular that I want to play. Let's do it. And, uh, yeah, my, my friend... Well, our friend friend of the show Wolfie she was my uh, she was my spirit guide <laughs> that's that's like from Kana Bridge of Spirits anyway um yeah she was giving me lots of advice um on how to play and how it works and uh yeah what 80 hours 100 hours later I finished the main story and both deities I didn't touch a lot of the side content but um I'm glad I stuck it out I did get into it I did enjoy being a, a witcher and uh, hunting monsters for a few crowns um so yeah, I can finally say I've played one of the best games ever made.
1: The Witcher. I prefer Witcher 2, if I'm honest. <laughs> right, I remember you saying. How different is that? Um, There's no jump button that I can remember in Witcher 2. but Okay. <laughs> is, is that a bigger mission? Um, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It's just, the Witcher 2, even though it was open world, it felt a little bit more linear in time mm. in places than Witcher 3. But I don't know. I think... Witcher 3 was a lot of fun. It was great, but there's just something about Witcher 2 that I kind of loved a little bit more, but I don't know what it was. Gotcha.
0: Fair enough. Did, have you played the first one? Because that's, that's going back, what, 12, 13,
1: maybe more years? No, I only played the second one, which is quite weird because... Um, I know it's off-tangent to what we're discussing, but The Witcher is an 18 game. And Mm -hmm. I remember walking into Sainsbury's uh, to get a Devil May Cry game. And the Sainsbury's person was like, No, I can't say the games unless you've got ID to say you're over 16. I was 15 at the time, so I couldn't buy a game. So I went into the game shop. I picked up Fallout 4 and The Witcher, both 18 games, (laughs) handed over money, and walked out. They never once asked for ID. And I was like, Hang on a minute. I can't buy a PG-12 game <laughs> because I'm not 16 but I can <laughs> buy two 18 games without ID I was like fair enough I got home, probably binged The Witcher 2 in 4 days Nice Fun little game I wasn't a big fan of Fallout 3 but but it was good and then Witcher 3 I think I played with a friend and that was quite good but mm. I probably won't play it again
0: I, I don't see myself. I mean, obviously, I've kept my save game. I don't see myself playing it again because I'm I'm happy with what I did and the ending I got and all the rest of it. But and also because it is a big time commitment. Yeah. You know, um, I've since I finished Witcher three, I've I've replayed Dishonored. I have played a couple of very small um, indie games, Teacup, and another one I can't remember the name of, and I'm I'm quite enjoying just much shorter games you know you get in you do some stuff you have some fun or you learn a few skills finish the story and move on Jedi Fallen Order that's Fallen Order. That's the other one I've played let's talk about that because you like a you like a Dark Souls game don't yes, you? Yes I do and uh, I've never played a Souls-like before and Jedi Fallen Order is considered or is called a Souls-like game yeah um and I wouldn't say um, how to explain it. I I have I have gone from not having any interest in Souls like games to at least having an understanding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that game, the bosses are ch- quite challenging. I've no idea if they're, you know, harder than you know your hardcore Elden Ring bosses or easier. I, I've no idea. But certainly that's a very different style of game to what I'm used to and the first few bosses I found incredibly challenging and I'm going to say big hat tip to Hayate who we had on the show um, last year when he talked us through his um, Assassin's Creed no damage run he he did a he was the world first to complete Jedi Fallen Order with no damage Um, and he has a whole set of videos on his channel where he breaks down every boss. What are the moves they make? How do you counter? How do you dodge? When's the right time to attack? What skills and abilities? So he his videos helped me. But at, what I found interesting was I used his videos and his guidance for the first couple of bosses. And after that, I guess I just became like, my, my, whether it's my eyes or my brain or my muscles, everything just became more tuned to how the game sort of flows and what to look for and how to move so actually after those first few bosses i got more into it and then the ninth sister which i suppose is like a mid-game or two-thirds of the way through boss i did die a lot of times to the ninth sister probably 20 times um, but when i beat her i was so satisfied and i think that's the thing isn't it about these these style of games it's it's the mastery of the skills mastery of the the bosses mastery of the combat um that provides the reward so i, I can totally understand and I, I totally understand it now why you would like and want to play that style of game
1: yeah the souls games i think are probably some of the best types of games to play mainly because a lot of games kind of held your hand in terms of rewarding mm-hmm. gameplay so if you were to play um, with the scaring bosses, you know, you feel like you got a bit overpowered because you've done the dungeons, you've put your skill points in and all that shenanigans. Uh, other RPGs, it's the same. You know, you have you can, like, go over-level yourself. And I suppose you can over-level yourself in Dark Souls, but there's always a chance in Dark Souls that you'll still get your ass handed to you, even if you over-leveled, if you misinterpret a dodge or an ability. And yeah. that's kind of the skills why... Souls bonds are interesting play. I do understand a lot of the community members that are like, you know, they're too hard. There needs to be an easy option. I would never disagree because, you know, sometimes it would be cool to have a little bit way to tune boss's health down a little bit.
0: That was a big discussion. Was it after Elden Ring yeah, came out? Yeah, because you know that these games should have an easy option. I've got to say personally, as someone who is fairly unskilled, I don't agree with that. I, I think if a game comes out and says this game is hard, then you know what you're buying, and if you don't think you're good enough, just don't buy it. Play something else. You
1: know. I think I'm on the side of um, Elden, Dark Souls games need a easy mode to curb the toxicity of the community, because <laughs> people's assumption is, oh, I'm struggling with a boss. You need to get good, and that's kind of an offensive <laughs> thing because the problem in a souls game is not that you're bad you could be you know very good player you could be very um leveled up very well you could know what you're doing but if you're struggling with timing over a boss attack yeah it's not your fault there's some bosses where there's two attack you at times there's um one of the first bosses margo in elden ring he has close range um long range attacks the second one godrick the grafted you can get him to half health and you're like yeah epic He will then stick his fist into a dragon and turn into some dragon-handed monster who can breathe fire. Oh, my God. You could literally have got his health down in 10 seconds because you're that good. But as soon as he gets to his second form and you start, you know, rushing, you start getting overconfident and you die, that's not you being a bad player. That's just you getting Hmm. overconfident. So to then say to that person who's struggling, get good, that's not fair
0: because get good is just the stupidest comment because and again to come back to Hayate what he he does in his videos is he says he breaks down these are all the animations the enemy is going to do and he shows you what to look for you know the arm will go back or they'll take a a step to the left then they'll swing their lightsaber you know top right to bottom left And because he breaks it down for you you can then go back into the game you can say ah I see that animation now and your eyes gradually get more and more tuned in to what to look for and i think that's what was happening to me kind of subconsciously he, he gave me that leg up to get started and then i started to tune into it more um yeah get good it's just a stupid comment what does that even mean you know some some things are not obvious if you've if you've only ever played rts games and then you i don't know origins you decide to pick up origins in the sale if you've never played melee combat, even at what to, to us a simple thing like I don't know tapping spacebar to dodge, that's not obvious at all because you've never played. You've played racing games and RTS games. You're not going to know about dodging and parrying. You're going to have to learn that. And if all someone ever says is "get good," well, what does that even mean? You know, take the time to say right. You need to put your shield up. You need to watch as they thrust forward with their sword and you you tap spacebar or, or whatever it is on on controller to dodge you know once you give people a few building blocks they're away yeah um yeah I've, I've never liked
1: that uh, that get good comment is uh not not helpful but i think as well um elder ring and souls games need um need an easy mode or a reduced damage mode because the developers are absolute evil people at times <laughs> like, I kid, in uh, Bloodborne, which is one of the most popular um, PS4 mm-hmm. titles, there's a really good mechanic to get your health back because it's all based on, like, blood. It's like a Lovecraft in horror. So there's a good mechanic. But one of the bosses, I think it's is in he's in a very small room. So that's a big uh-oh. And one of his abilities is an AOE ability where he shoots stars in the sky. Okay. And you got to think, you're in this 4x4 square room with barely any room to dodge and he's dropping an AOE that covers 90% of the floor oh, damn yeah it. even like I, I had a friend who completed it 6 times he was on his like 5th new game plus he's, he's literally he one shots most bosses and he said like if he doesn't time the attack right he will lose because of how small that room is and it's gotcha. one of the moments where you know, there's ways around it. You could not make it easy, but come on, elderly people. You sometimes you you do it on purpose. There was one boss I fought that was in the middle of a poison swamp. So as soon as you get off your horse, you're getting poisoned. So you're getting the poison tick down. So your health's deteriorating. They're shooting magic at you, and it's like seriously. You're just doing it too evil. But Even even those
0: bosses that you said that are, that have that are hard. Is there a strategy where you can always beat them or is there always an element of luck, you know, RNG whatever you want to call it?
1: Um I'm going to say both because all bosses are on loop. There's always a, the attack animations are always the same, they never change. It's how I've beat okay. a lot of bosses because I beat the first werewolf boss in Bloodborne, which is meant to be the one you're supposed to die up, I beat it because I watched people's let's plays and I figured out the attack animations mm. so there's an element of loop but there's also an element of look because you could hit at the right time during mid animation so there's um again with godrick the grafted once he starts his fire ability he stands and points outwards and an arc now you could be sensible and wait till he stops and then to the blind spot or if you've managed to glitch underneath him by accident when you were dodging and you like parry him while he's doing it you just lucked yourself into killing the boss so there is an right. element of both luck and playthrough. and i've looked into defeating enemies because one's charged at me and i've just stepped away from a cliff and it's charged off a cliff that's not meant <laughs> to happen that was just lucky <laughs>
0: hey you take take the luck when it's uh when it's dished oh, up definitely. to you
1: <laughs> i tell you meant to play the luck yeah
0: all right um i want to change tack a little bit and talk about um the show the show what we do and uh money funding um how can people support the show? Because we, we, like we would like to um, improve our audio with um, how we record. Um, so we've got a couple of ways for people to support us. Uh, what are those?
1: There's Ko-Fi, which is probably, what I'm going to say is the easiest option for people that just want to like do a quick donation to help the show. And then, obviously, there's going to be a revamp in September of Patreon, which is more if people want to dedicate time to support the show so there is their options but i think the biggest thing we should discuss is that you know for ages we've never once promoted patreon or fi because we've had ample places to record but mm-hmm. since our main recording platform has dropped its covid restrictions and now put a big price tag on us recording it's like come to a point now whether
0: yeah, it's, it's become a real problem, hasn't yeah. it? It's been very well we we love having guests on the show. Um and our normal recording method would be Zencaster, which is great because it's anonymous, you don't need to share personal details. Um it's high quality, gives us separate tracks, but they have gone from from being a free service to being a very expensive service. And it's really put a bit of a strain. Uh, yeah here yeah, on the show so we're working around it as best we can but we would like to be able to afford that service so if you would like to help you know that would be great um we have a private channel for our patreon members where you can chat with us and um talk to us about the episodes and and give feedback and ideas um and like Declan said we have a ko so if you'd like to just throw us a, a dollar or a pound toss a coin to us um you can do it that way as well we'd really appreciate it
1: And I think the stance we are going to take if we're in agreement is we have these services, but we're not going to become a show where every episode it's going to be straight in your face of, hi, can you pay us? No, no, we've never done that. The links are always going to be in the description. We may promote it in the odd episode just so people are aware, but we'll never become Mm. a show where every post we do on Twitter where it's like, hi, Mirage has this cool blue dye or by the way pay us Patreon money you know we're (laughs) never going to become one of those like content creators that everything we do there's going to be a Patreon link attached you know they are in our descriptions they'll forever be there but we will judge when and where is the best time to promote it like I think realistically if we're doing an episode let's say with Darby McDevitt we can't just pause the chat with Darby McDevitt for five minutes and be like hi (laughs) Patreon people,
0: Patreon pay us yeah it's just it's annoying isn't it it's not cool You know, but if you would like to give a little bit of help we would really appreciate it.
1: We've got to keep the lights on somehow. <laughs> 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 My toast is getting cold. <laughs>
0: Just teasing. Uh all right. I wanna talk about another topic which it connects to some recent videos you've been making, but also Declan. Oh God. Now Declan. You've been getting into trouble, haven't you, on the internet?
1: I'm sorry.
0: Do you wanna do you wanna talk to us about parkour? And you know, I tell you, what, I'll set the scene. So, Mirage, um, releasing in a couple of months' time. You know, it's the it's the next major release in this franchise. It'll be released what nearly three years after the release of Valhalla. Um, it was at least for a few weeks being developed and considered as an expansion to Valhalla, a, a DLC to Valhalla, um, before the switch was made to uh, making it a standalone release, you know, um, standalone story and all the rest of it. Um, <laughs> it's such an interesting picture to pick apart. So the development is being led by Ubisoft Bordeaux. They are one of Ubisoft's smaller studios. They do have experience of working on the franchise. They led the development of Wrath of the Druids, I think plus they've developed other projects for ubisoft but this is their first kind of let's say full assassins creed game um, they've been saying for a long time you know that they are they are going this game mirage will go back to the roots and i think that probably set expectations in the wrong direction now all the content we've seen we've seen the video clips we've seen the, the dev notes and all the rest of it What's become clear, and and as was confirmed in the recent Reddit um, AMA with the uh, the creative leads, um, the movement, the parkour, is going to be very similar to what we have become familiar with, with Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. It might be slightly faster. That's actually not clear. Um, there's clearly a new move with the those those big pole vaults for for crossing open sections of the city of Baghdad but what's become clear is that parkour hasn't changed or has changed very little Um, in terms of the moves let's say it like that because what appears to be the case at least from some of the screenshots some of the video clips that the, the city being you know more dense more verticality it looks to me every every scene they've shown us at least from like a a world design and level design point of view they've tried to fill this environment with as many surfaces ledges beams ropes that they can to give us you know freedom of movement freedom to to find our own routes now what can you do on those routes probably nothing that exciting it's just you know push the stick forward maybe you change your your height so instead of being on a a rope over the street you could drop down and and run along a series of window ledges or balconies or you can be on the road so it's definitely it looks looks we don't know yet we're still three months away it looks like a big leap up from odyssey which generally had much more open cities with very few routes it's a significant increase of improvement on valhalla just because valhalla had almost no cities I mean Jorvik had a few routes but it wasn't very there was very little height it wasn't very exciting you know London wasn't great (laughs) there there were no big cities in Norway or 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 whatever Um, I don't I mean Paris you couldn't even enter the city of Paris um, without using a little hack which was later closed so Valhalla did not provide really out of a couple of routes many options for parkour um, so in in that regard it looks better but from a what, what are your available movements that looks like it's actually not going to be any different to um, Valhalla now some people are really not happy about that um, I'm going to be honest I'm a little disappointed because I was kind of hoping we'd get a little more flexibility in the movement but I'm not personally not too bothered and the reason is i suppose because i'm a bit boring and i look at this from from a sort of a resource and project management point of view it's a smaller studio they've got limited amount of time to build this game and they probably looked at it and said what do we want to focus on what have we got time to develop you know and if we put effort into this area we have to put less effort into other areas and they probably just made a call that Yes, we could go back to our library of animations from Syndicate, Unity or whatever and, you know, bring those in but it's complex, it requires testing. That's my guess. I don't know, I'm completely speculating. Personally, it's a little bit of a shame but I'm not too bothered but some people are very, very bothered. Um, I do wonder if actually Back to the Roots was a bit of a mistake. Maybe inspired by the Roots would have been a better phrase because I think Back to the Roots you can take that to mean whatever you want you know whatever you miss from Assassin's Creed 2 Brotherhood Revelations 3 etc etc whatever you miss you can listen to that phrase and read that phrase and think I'm getting back what I miss and actually that's quite... I can understand the phrase as like a as a guiding principle of the game's development and feel but it never meant we're going to have everything back the way it was 15, 14, 12 years ago um, and I, I think some people maybe expected too much or assumed too much, I'm not sure I'm not being harsh on those that are upset because hey, you want a game that gives you that feeling that you had with the earlier games and it perhaps this game won't give that um, personally, like I say bit disappointed but I'm still looking forward to exploring the city and you know running on the rooftops and all the rest of it um, but Declan tell us about parkour and uh, your your recent um, discussions with people and your exploration of parkour.
1: First of all I just want to explain some about the title Back to the Roots and I just want to quickly explain that. I think Back to the Roots is one of the most gatekeeping comments Ubisoft could have ever made for a game because the most toxicity players myself have faced since enjoying Origins Odyssey and Valhalla is they're not AC games, they don't feel like AC, they have strayed away from the roots by are saying okay the next game's going back to the roots it felt like the are basically saying hey yeah you people who've abused fans of the RPG trilogy you were right the last three games aren't AC games we're going back to AC games now so it felt like that titling was acknowledging the fan base that it's been aggressive and saying this is not AC They've gone away from the roots, this is not what Assassin's Creed is And Ubisoft got a flag out saying hey, this game is going to be the game for you guys It's Back to the Roots, we're going to acknowledge that the last three games weren't AC games So here you go, here's Mirage That's how I read Back to the Roots And I'm sorry if I offend anyone but Someone who's been bullied for enjoying Odyssey, Valhalla, Origins Same, something back. I've even had death threats saying, you know, how dare you do podcasts on Odyssey? It's a game that's not Assassin's Creed. It's someone said that, yeah. I've had quite a few death threats about Assassin's Creed staying away from its roots. So when a company says, Wow, okay, we're going back to our roots now, it's like, Great, I've had death threats for Assassin's Creed straying away from its roots, and you're now openly marketing the gamers back to the roots. Can you not see how that's promoting the? toxic vibe of the community that wants bit games based on roots. And I know I'm probably alone in that idea but when you face three or four death threats about a game that's gone from its roots and you're now selling the game back to the roots it feels like there's no justice for people who are getting bullied for enjoying RPG trilogies. So I I know I'm probably wrong for suggesting that but it's just one small gripe I've had with it. And then Yes, I got in trouble with parkour. (laughs) But in my defense, my issue with parkour is actually Ubisoft's own fault. Because I joined the community in 2019 and this was the first time I interacted with the world of Assassin's Creed. So I learned fanfic writers, I learned artists, I learned people who did parkour. And when I saw Memento Gallery's parkour for the first time, I'm going to be honest, and this is no offence, I thought he had hacked or modded the game for Unity Yeah. because I didn't know that gameplay animations were in the game. I just thought, you know, Memento Gallery loved Unity so he modded it to do that. And that wasn't me being disrespectful, it was because when you play Unity you get a brief um, introduction saying hi we have up and down parkour
0: oh Unity it gives you one is it it's, all, it's like a screenshot yeah. isn't it on the screen and it's an arrow showing you running from ledge to ledge and yeah it says press parkour down or parkour up it it, <laughs> it doesn't tell you anything of the complexity of what you can achieve it's
1: and, it's pretty bad and you've got to think when you play AC1 to Unity we never had ever got that screenshot telling us what we can do with parkour and here's the problem that I'm trying to explain, I know Twitter's hard When you're a lone gamer with no friends, no community And you're playing AC1 to Unity With a system that doesn't tell you there's up-downs, back-ejects, side-ejects They just tell you nothing about parkour But they tell you, here's how to social stealth, here's how to combat When you join a community and everyone's like, oh yeah, back-ejects and AC2 are fantastic You think, is this a mod? Is this a hack? and they show you how to do it and you're like i didn't know because the game doesn't tell you and i'm not saying that game should hold your hand i'm saying that ubisoft needed to be a bit more tutorialization with this mechanic because they showed us how to counter there's a whole mission in ac2 where it's you learn how to social stealth pickpocket and there's a whole emphasis on assassin being social stealth and combat but there was never an emphasis on assassin being parkour it just felt my opinion parkour was just a side thing to get from A to B it was never a part of the game and I know the tombs made you do parkour but what people don't realize is the tombs were the hardest thing for me to play in AC2 because I didn't understand the parkour mechanic because no one tells you so for years I've just played simple parkour of left right up down not doing the Mm. movements because Mm. I didn't know it existed and I shouldn't feel ashamed for that, but... So coming to this community and learning it, I think people have been modding, I think people have been hacking the games to do this animation. And when I watch videos like Leo K, which I started doing, and they've been breaking it down in a helpful way, it's like, okay, I understand now that...
0: I saw your comment on um, on his video, actually. One of his older... Was it one of his older Unity yeah, guides? I've been
1: watching them now uh, to understand more, because... Yeah.
0: I do agree. The man's a, the man's a legend because he doesn't assume your knowledge. He doesn't judge like you. If you interact with him on Twitter, or I've posted a few comments on his videos, and he always replies, which is awesome. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't judge. He just says, "This is how it works. This is what you can try." Here, he, like, here are the toys in the toy box. Go have fun, and that's how it should be. But I think you know,
1: it, like, this is not only your okay. case. This is just a general phrase that's not how it should be because people don't join communities all the time so they play a game on their own and people like Leo Gay who is such a great boon to the AC community teach them people may never find his work because they don't interact with the community so they're playing all these games and let's say they add in back ejects, side ejects into Mirage for example a player who never steps into the AC community will never know that mechanic exists if Ubisoft don't utilise it.
0: That's true. I mean that will if if they finish the game without doing a back eject, that's fine. Yeah. If they enjoyed the story, enjoyed the game, that's fine. I think where people get it's such a complex issue to unpick, isn't it? So if we if we set aside like what expectations did people have a few months ago to what are their expectations now. Um like I said a moment ago, these like like most games, they give you a range of tools you can choose which ones you use um, and which ones you ignore and that's part of the fun of making the game your own isn't it and parkour in the older games was one of those tools you could just walk along the street you could get Ezio on a horse and ride around the coliseum Um, you know that was your choice of how you wanted to explore the world and play the game and approach the targets and parkour was it was a tool to be used and i suppose as simple as that people would like that tool to be back and they feel that the game is less without it now of course (laughs) mirage will be designed so that you can approach the targets and assassinate the targets and escape the targets you know with with its more limited set of movements and different tools of course it's not going to be (laughs) they're not going to have designed it to to require parkour and then not include any parkour but yes, I, I can understand that people are, are frustrated because they like that that creative flair, you know, or just that choice, you know. Sometimes I do want to sneak in over the roofs and do a back eject onto a tree and then drop down and kill the target. And I can't do that in Mirage because it doesn't have the options. so... And... I can, I can understand people being frustrated, you know.
1: To be honest, I can understand as well because as I've said before in some chats we've had about parkour, I don't dislike mechanic or think these things should be banned or removed from the game my problem is more of I will never see the point of these mechanics if Ubisoft will never explain they're in a game and it's well that's, that's the, yeah that's, a, that's yeah. my whole point of why I think it's a, such a small mechanic that doesn't that is not a big deal it's not because I think it's bad or I think it removed because I love seeing the mechanical galleries um, park just pop up on Twitter they're amazing and I would mm. never say to him or anyone "Oh, that shouldn't be possible because I think it should Game from A to B and creative freedom should but I will never say that these mechanics aren't important because if you aren't going to utilize them or let players know that they exist then they'll always feel less important because a player who never discovers them and plays a game for 15 years and doesn't see them how does that mechanic come across as important because if it was important Mm -hmm. we would have seen it it's like stealth it is it is a fair point right let me think i'll tell you what i think it's
0: in order to okay let me try and explain this so in order to achieve like the highest level of skill in these games if you if you just play the game on your own and you never watch a video interact with anyone You would need an awful lot of trial and error to you know reach the highest skill level or you know you go and watch a movement guide or or whatever but in order to watch that movement guide you've got to know what you're searching for if you don't know even that parkour exists you can't type that search term into youtube and say i don't know AC Brotherhood Parkour Guide or whatever it is you're searching for. So you do need to achieve a certain minimum knowledge of the game in order then take it to the top level. And maybe that's where, in the past, the games have failed. They've not even really... I don't know. Maybe they've... I might be barking up the wrong tree here, but maybe they've not even achieved that, that sort of minimum level of, of player assistance.
1: I'm going to agree because... Um, um, as I said in my Unity Let's in my Unity Parkour video, I only wanted to learn Unity Parkour because of that small tutorial that says we can go up and down. When mm. I learned that you could go up and down, I think I spammed up and down trial and error a lot of times to see what it can do, because I knew it existed. It's
0: still not obvious. It's even with that. It's not, but p- image that pops up, what you can do. I mean, I've played hundreds of hours of that game, and I can't. If you put the time into practicing roots of course you can do it and i never have but i use parkour in that game a lot more than any of the others just because i've i love the game so much anyway that i put the time into the movements and i parkour a lot in that game um but it took me ages to get the timing right you've got to put the input in at the right time to then have arno do the animation you want him to do and adjusting for that was what took me ages um, it's, it's an interesting topic I, I wonder if um, I'm trying to think of the game is it am I thinking of Batman Arkham? no I'm thinking of have you played Spider-Man or Miles Morales I played the original Spider-Man
1: yeah the first one I didn't play the DLC
0: right I've only played Miles Morales it, it came as a bundle of my PS5 I'm going somewhere with this <laughs> so hear me out I'm going to well let me check with you so in Miles Morales when you're doing the web swinging um, it's very very simple there's only a few controls you need but it feels amazing but you get a little HUD element that will show you it will move very fast it will show you this is where you're going to swing to or this is where your your web's going to connect with so you're constantly of course you've got the amazing visuals of flying through New York but you've got that HUD element that shows you where you're going to go next if you press the button now this is where you will swing to do, do they have that in the older game that you've
1: played uh, in the spider and did, yeah
0: right so it does make me wonder if Assassin's Creed needs like an assisted mode so as you're moving through the city now I, I appreciate from a UI people laugh at Ubisoft's UIs because they have a lot of stuff in them of course you can turn it all off um, but I do wonder if Assassin's Creed would benefit from like a Tra- animus training mode let's call it that where you're on a rooftop or you're you're climbing up a, a wall and it shows you different markers okay up to the right if you press rt and stick right you'll jump to the right if you press just i don't know rt and stick and legs you'll take a jump up to that marker again it would clutter the screen but i just wonder if there would be a way of doing that as like a training mode to help people understand what is truly available in terms of just from this fixed point where you are now a ledge a rooftop a windowsill you know whatever these are all the moves you can make with a single or maybe two inputs you know um and that would help people see what's possible because again coming back to the unity example the more i played yes the better i got but actually it was more like um I started to read the streets and the buildings in a different way. I started to see, ah, these surfaces are parkourable. These aren't. I know those are reachable with a jump. These ones don't need a jump. I can side hop to this surface here, but not to that one there. Oh, I can side hop, but do parkour down to do a twirl. And you start to see the world. You know how Neo sees the Matrix and it becomes code when he finally gets his connection to the Matrix. It's almost like that. And I'm sure it's like that for people in the older games who've just... Understand the inputs and how the the worlds are built, and I never achieved that level of understanding with the older games, but I did with Unity, and it is a joy when you get that connection. But the game doesn't teach you any of it. You know, I I uh, I had to go and watch um, Jace's and Leo K and others to, to see what was actually possible. But yeah, I, I, just to come back to my point, I do wonder if a like a, a movement assistant mode would be a way of teaching people, or well, just opening their eyes. These are all the things that are possible. Go have fun, and then they would gradually build their knowledge out to to the uh, you know what the the limit of what's possible.
1: Well, that's the problem. See, this is coming up to another point that I didn't discuss on Twitter, and it's, cause it's harder that limit. When you play AC One and you get through the uh, animus hood at the start, you they teach mm. you to social stealth, hide, what the different movements are. Yeah. They never once teach you parkour. You then play AC One. And you,
0: That's true. Actually, they don't, do you, they? You, That's a very you, good point. You
1: learn the combat ring, and that teaches you combat. AC2 again. They learn new combat through in, at, through the um, auditory place. They learn new social stealth. They don't learn new parkour. In That's Brotherhood, they added the training train. rooms for parkour, and I have discovered them. But there was no in-game section to ever mention them. I didn't know they existed until I rushed through the menus because someone suggested it. And here's the mm. point: If Unity can have such a throwaway line of, "Oh yes, you'll see multiplayer assassins that you can join," why cannot Ubisoft like play- have? And um, before you synchronize with your ancestor, we have <laughs> uploaded a new training program to better understand the mechanics. Literally, yeah. it's just that
0: Do You know, in in the Unity, the way Unity is framed, you are the, uh, are you the initiate. Yeah. you're the Helix initiate, aren't you? Um. They could have, you could have had Bishop, <clears throat> welcome initiate, this this new version of the Animus, this version of the simulation has some new features, we're going to talk you through it, and they could have literally done a parkour tutorial, um, framed as Bishop teaching you um, this new, anyway
1: but yeah. that's my whole stance, I think I'm not going to take back what I said because I do think these mechanics don't look important or look needed because the franchise has never Highlighted as them important or needed because it's again, it's player creativity and player freedom. I support. I adore player creativity, player freedom. I want to see. I would kill to see people do what they do in Unity in Mirage with um, Basim. I'm not mm. saying that I don't want to see. It. The problem I'm saying is, can people understand that when you're never shown these mechanics? When you're a solo gamer with no community to help you can you understand how these mechanics don't look important or needed it's like someone giving you a recipe for a cake and telling you eggs go into it and you make the cake and it's terrible you're gonna think that's how the cake's made and you'll do something wrong because someone didn't tell you you needed eggs is it your fault as the player for not trial and error to put eggs in well no mm. it's the person who gave you the recipe they taught you everything else didn't take any eggs, and that's my problem with parkour and these back ejects and side ejects it's not that ubisoft should get rid of them never put them in it's more of if you want them in the game show players the agency heck in your weird menu ui where you have youtube links to your videos or your other games i'm pretty sure if you reached out to leo k or the mental gallery and asked if you could in-game have... in their videos highlighted for people to click on them as tutorials... you could get the community involved in building tutorials... so as soon as a player comes on and sees continue, low game, and then the news... and there's player guides... that would be phenomenal!
0: Well indeed,
1: yeah. And I think yeah. another point I'd like to get your opinion on, um, with the parkour... is World Agency... Um, when you play Unity... There's nothing to do on the rooftops. There's no... can't be able to fight on the rooftops. There's no mission on the rooftops that I remember. Everything is ground level. Social stealth is ground level. Citizen saving is ground level. Ubisoft really need to make going onto the rooftops a reason. You need a reason. Well, I think...
0: I think in the Unity example, that's probably deliberate to encourage you to use parkour to reach and then travel across the rooftops so you've got i suppose to to simplify you've got like you said ground level where there are guards but there are crowds so that's your social stealth stealth level but then at your mid level you've got gunners you know your snipers on on balconies and and sort of lower roofs I mean, you can you can kill those guys. That's fine. But then you've got the higher level, which is you know the apexes of roofs and so on. Um, my assumption is that's deliberate because they want to encourage you to either social stealth on the ground level, or parkour. Get up to the sky, and and use parkour. Um, see, that's that's something that I always found funny. So in the earlier games, um, and you know as I said before, I've come to these games long after they were released. Um, I'm I'm not the best at the movement in the earlier games. But I when I started playing the early games, I, I, I went in thinking, this is great, I'm going to experience the uh, the parkour of the early games, this is going to be awesome. And actually I ended up not using the roofs because they're covered in archers and gunners. So why, why would you go up on the roofs when you're just going to be shot at? I generally would use social stealth and, and Hang around on the on the streets below, but again, player choice. You give players a range of tools, and you let them build their own approaches and their own stories. So, and he, I would rather it returned as a fully fledged, you know, flexible tool. I'm gonna say that.
1: I think I'm gonna stand by if if they want to bring it back as a fully fledged tool, don't half ass it and keep it hidden. That's always gonna be my stance. Don't bring back backer ejects, side ejects, whatever, and just keep them hidden for players to find because you need to give players a reason to use them to experiment and if that's through, oh, how mm. you use it before you do a continued memory, we have virtual training rooms to help you get custom with the memory stream, boom, yeah. perfect. Or in the menu I have player guides, again, boom, perfect. And that's the sort of agency that I'm looking for. I'm not looking for like Missions where parkour's the only route to need because players will still do simple basic speed parkour. You need to uh, let people know that these movements exist, and that's Mm. my gripe. I, I again, I'm repeating myself, but I love mental galleries and Leo K's videos there, and it's why I'm going to keep doing my novice players. parkour videos
0: because do it mate good i'm glad yeah go back to the earlier games and see how you get on and what oh. you what you can learn i'm gonna play
1: cover. ac1 and i'm gonna be basically honest with people when i play it it's because i want to see what was hidden from the player base because that's what it feels like i think i don't think it's fair on players like Leo okay and the gallery that have to be the ones to teach people because mm. if people don't know what they're looking for they'll never find them Ubisoft needs to have something in place so people can find them Even if it's just a basic message like Oh, an assassin is fluid and fast Through trial and error you can discover new ways to conquer your city If Mm. I had that playing Assassin's Creed 1 I think I would have spent hours in Damascus Trying new ways to get through the city Because it's a challenge Mm. It's challenging me, the player
0: that's it. You've built your own challenge yeah. with the tools available in the game. I think that's what people want. And they want more more of their own reasons to play rather than just, here's another side quest or here's a river raid or whatever.
1: And I think I'm going to stand by that. Like, I think sometimes parkour is not achievable in certain history, like Valhalla. It would have been difficult. Yeah. I do think yeah. they could do more with the trees because as British people, we know woodlands aren't just mile-high trees that you can't scale. There's a lot of lower trees dead logs i'm pretty sure you could have done some really cool lower level parkour and logs so Mm. parkour in open RPGs is possible but it will be limited but i think you could still have had backer jacks from some of the long houses it could have been possible but i just will stand by them if you're going to add them you need to show players are there and if i and it's why i'm again i'm doing the novice players not because i want to backtrack and say oh i'm now in love with parkour, it's more to say I didn't know this existed so 15 years I'm going back to see what you've hidden from me by not explaining it properly and if I never did the podcast, I never will have discovered Backajax mm-hmm. because I never would have joined the AC community because I didn't know it existed and that's, yeah. that's a problem, so I'm sorry if I offended with my statement but You've got to understand, of someone who never existed in the community, how was I supposed to know a system existed if Ubisoft didn't want to tell me it existed in the first place?
0: And yeah, it's you make a very good point about the the in-game tutorials. Like you meet Uncle Mario, and he he puts you into the fighting rig to practice swordplay. He doesn't take you onto the roof of um, uh, Monteriggioni Villa to practice parkour. Um, like, you know, uh, what's the line that the the guy says in, uh, in AC1? It seems some of my men don't know how to wield a blade or, or whatever the line is. You know, again, they're teaching you melee combat, not sneaky assassin stuff. Yeah. I like that. Um, which is, when you think about it, I, I know that Massef Village is, or town is, is kind of built to practice all that, but the game doesn't force you to do it.
1: Uh, it's, it's an interesting problem, isn't it's it? An- I hope
0: that they do it better in the future. I
1: think... If to do better, add it in. I don't see why it shouldn't be in, but give players a reason to try it by explaining it's there. You know, mm. if you're going to give us a tutorial mm. on stealth and combat, give us a basic tutorial where we're learning basic moves. Don't, you don't have to teach people back from They get go, but you could teach them basic speed. And then at the end of the tutorial, have a little in-game prompt saying, this is only just the beginning trial and error can help you find more ways and then a player knows okay if that's how the parkour works let's try something else and then as you say they now know the word parkour so they will then go to youtube and search parkour and boom you've solved the problem but the problem begins with let players know i didn't know for 15 years back ejects exist I'm obsessed with watching Unity back at the moment because <laughs> Arno looks cool as hell. I'm yep. I'm going back to AC1 to try back ejects, not because, again, I want to come out of the woodwork and be like, I'm now obsessed with parkour. No, I want to go back realistic and say, I played this in 2007, didn't know it exist. What can I do? And then I'll probably fail. Fail. Kill some guards. Fail again. But my stance is... But you'll improve. Yeah. It's like a Souls game, mate.
0: It's like a Souls, uh, Souls uh, born game. I may
1: not enjoy it because I like stealthy, stealthy, stabby, stabby, but it's a good fun to have. You know, my player choice mm. is stealth, stabby, stabby, but I would love an understanding of back ejects and other parkour movements because why not?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: No time at the present to learn something new, but.
0: You've got the whole summer holiday exactly. stuff, I've
1: got AC1 loaded up, I've started a new save. I'm currently running through Messiah <laughs> now, um, doing back ejects a little bit, which don't tell uh, anyone said this, but it was a lot of fun. I managed to back eject and uh, air
0: assassinate someone. All right. Should, should you edit that bit yeah.
1: out? That yeah. was fun. Okay. It's not something I'll do all the time because I actually preferred uh, doing like the prayer in the monk bit and then gotcha. assassinating. I felt that was more fun, but knowing I could do the back eject assassination just was. It was good enough to know it existed. I wouldn't yeah. do it all the time, but I'm just glad I know it existed. I know how to do it. And watch. Yeah, I'll do it off, good, on video and fail completely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just completely... Oh, look, I can do it. And I fell off the roof. desynchronized
0: <laughs> uh, And on that bombshell, I've, I think it might be time to end. It's getting late here, my friend. It's nearly 11 o'clock.
1: It is, and... Sadly, that is all we've got time for. For, well, it basically summer, yeah.
0: six seven weeks, I guess we'll be away, but we'll 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 still be around on on Discord, and like I say, we, we may upload occasional stuff uh, to YouTube. Um, I don't know if if there is like a major Mirage news story, would we get together and do a quick recording, or are we saying definitely not?
1: I'd say if there's a big bombshell, there's no harm in trying. I think. All right if we're going to be realistic with our friends um, over summer it's easy for me and you to jump into a call and do an episode because if my kids don't want to go to sleep till half nine me and you can schedule it's like 10 o'clock it's a lot indeed we're both British we both know our dodgy times <laughs> huh. we can work around and it's a little bit more fairer when it's me and you than a guest. yeah so,
0: that's true that's true um, so we, we might do something but also we may not be around for, for a yeah. while I probably won't be as
1: much on Twitter but over summer I will have an AC1 Parkour video dropped and in two weeks I should have a Devil May Cry mobile game video dropped as well okay interesting Beta, so there's content going to be there somewhere
0: all good all right mate well enjoy the summer hope everyone has enjoyed uh, this uh, last what three months or so of episodes between we took a little break um, during and after the fundraiser and yeah we've been back what three or four months yeah. so hope you've enjoyed it and uh, we'll be back in September
1: and in the wise words of British holidays school's out school's out <laughs>